Welcome to the Agile Strategy Lab podcast, where we explore what it means to view your organization, your company, or your community through the lens of agility and create a strategy that works in a rapidly changing world. I'm Liz Nilsson, the Associate Director of the Lab at the University of North Alabama and the host for today's episode, number 12. Today's episode is presented in partnership with the Strategic Doing Institute. When I was growing up, scouting was an important part of my life, as it was for many children and young people. I was so proud of that green sash and the badges that announced to the world some skill that I'd acquired in camping or cooking or art. I remember almost nothing about exactly what was involved in any of those badges. But I do remember the scouting motto, be prepared. That motto was first set forth by Robert Baden-Powell, the founder of the Boy Scouts. Here's what he said about this principle. Every boy ought to learn how to shoot and to obey orders, else he is no more good when war breaks out than an old woman and merely gets killed like a squealing rabbit, being unable to defend himself. Well, these days, very few of us would be motivated by that statement. Thank goodness. But the idea of preparedness is an important one that carries into our lives as adults and also plays an important role in building resilient communities or companies. Today, I'm talking with Tom Banta. Tom is the Director of Strategic Growth at Iowa City Area Development, an economic development organization. A few years ago, Tom made the decision to learn how to use one of the lab's tools, strategic doing, as a way to work with his community's leaders. After his initial training, he spent some time practicing, and then, well, you'll hear what happened next. What I quickly realized is, is it had a broad application, but it also was just a kind of an, a, a team of one, and I needed more people. I needed more to, to really do this effectively. Uh, and since that January of 2018, we've trained over 60 263 local practitioners in this work. Uh, our entire organization, the Economic Development Organization, has been trained. We're all at, at a varying level of practitioner. Two of us are on fellow track. Uh, outside of that, we our chamber has about 40% of their staff is trained in practitioner as well, trained practitioners. We have individuals in our city, our county, a couple of local cities in the county, uh, our University of Iowa, Kirkwood Community College, the head of our United Way and her team, as well as the United Way in our adjacent county, also have been trained in this work. Uh, they make up part of that 60 and then some, in, some from private industry. Um, and we have basically started to put this to work in our K-12 through innovation. Uh, we worked a statewide initiative with our community colleges last year where my colleague Kate and I uh, worked with our intermediary network to figure out how we can more effectively connect high school students with career exploration and career internship and job shadow opportunities, all as part of a workforce or kind of a brain power, a talent pipeline development component. Uh, on the innovation and entrepreneurial networks, I shared earlier that we had uh, done some just general work of trying to identify the gaps and create more of a connected place. That's culminated in some work around an ed tech sector that we have stood up or now are incubating inside of ICAD called the Iowa Ed Tech Collaborative. 
It is building off of the history and legacy of the ACTs of the world, which are a recognizable brand, the Pearsons. Uh, ACT was actually founded here as part of an entrepreneurial endeavor. Uh, and now we have companies like Pear Deck. For those of you that are looking for ed tech solutions in this time of COVID, look up Pear Deck. They're a phenomenal solution. Uh, they're a startup that has grown quickly. Um, in the, in the last couple months in particular due to their capabilities, but we have an emerging startup community and segment there as well. Uh, as it relates to a place and new narratives, we've been recognized by livability.com uh, as a top five place to live for a number of years now, which translated into being the number two place for entrepreneurs by Entrepreneur Magazine about two years ago. So we've got a strong narrative, we've got a strong uh, place in progress, a high quality of life that exists here, but we have opportunities to create connectedness. And so what we have looked at as an opportunity was how do we start to spread this mindset, this approach, what can we do with what we have? How do we look internal at all of the assets that we have across these different quadrants, be it the innovation that comes out of a university and the startup communities, the entrepreneurial components that go hand in hand with that innovation, leveraging the university that we have in our own backyard and really being focused inward on that as a high quality place to live to hopefully attract and retain the talent that we need. And then using this methodology to not only apply that from an economic development perspective to convene these groups and start this conversation, but also make it part of our just general operating methodology here at the local level. We've really focused on K-12 innovation. That is our future workforce. And so early on in 2019, we use this to launch about four different initiatives that are at varying stages right now with K-12 innovation. Uh, we are in the process or we're in the process of launching a Battelle study, which is called the portrait of a graduate, uh, which was one of the projects that had come out of this work, really designed to give us that North Star, that framing question to some extent of where do we take and how do we innovate our education system. I was just on a call this morning uh, where basically what we have done as a result of laying this groundwork and starting to engage these respective complex challenges that our community is facing, uh, we have built this network of individuals that happen to be on this call this morning that it's called the Project Better Together. It's our recovery task force coming out. How do we take this opportunity and not only manage through it, but come out of this in a better place? And I know Ed and, and I have talked a lot about um, and others have talked a lot about the opportunity to redesign the civic economy and how this COVID crisis could create that, that framework and foundation to accelerate that process. Uh, we have a, a cadre of practitioners, a number of them in that room, and over the next eight weeks are going to use these convening of, of our high-level leaders throughout the, the community to start to identify areas of prioritization, that are facing some complex and wicked challenges and put SD framework to work on all of these as we look to explore going forward how we can reimagine and redesign our community uh, in the wake of COVID and, and quite honestly in the midst. Uh, so some of these innovate or some of these assets that we talked about, higher education, also now are at risk. We don't know what the future of higher education looks like. So for a small community like ours that looked at a strong asset like the University of Iowa, which it always has been, that is threatened right now. So what does it look like going forward? 
and how do we take and leverage that asset to the best we can? Uh, how do we go even more hyper-focused on local and local initiatives? We talked about some of the work we've done with our local foods economy. How do we double down on that? How do we have the, the infrastructure and the assets in place and make sure they're highly connected, not only to provide near-term solutions for food insecure and, and individuals that may be challenged by unemployment or some of the, the immediate impacts, but longer term, how do we use that to build the resiliency, build the supply chain, build the community that I think, quite frankly, is going to create more success in the, the, the communities and the regions that can figure out the localization of their economies and building the resiliency are going to come out of this faster. They're going to come out of it stronger and be more better positioned. Three years ago, when we embarked on this journey, we would have never seen this coming. But because we were intentional about, hey, we're, this is something that makes a lot of sense for our work. We don't have all the answers, but we do have the ability to convene people and guide conversations. So how do we make this the mindset and the operating system for a region of, of individuals across a wide or diverse set of, of organizations that drive a community forward? We feel very well positioned and armed with the right tools and skill sets to go tackle this work. Uh, education technology being in our history here, we see ourselves as, as a place where we can help redefine what the education future looks like. Uh, building on the ACT and the, the history we have, but also the emerging technologies and solutions that are out there. And it's been accelerated now. Healthcare and education are two sectors that, that uh, have been in the process of disruption, but have been slow to change. This has accelerated all of it. And we feel like as a community, we're ripe and in a great position if we take advantage of the history uh, that we have and the assets that we have uh, and put, put strategic doing and the strategic doing mindset and methodology to work around finding new innovative solutions. And so we, we remain bullish and optimistic, uh, but certainly not, uh, uh, we, it, it will not be trivial by any means, uh, but there has been a history and, and time of building this skill set, building the trust in that foundation that I think is gonna be important for this to be successful. Tom, it sounds like at the beginning, you had some ideas about how you wanted to use strategic doing, and those did turn out to be great opportunities. And uh, like all of us, you had no idea how the world was going to change this year with the pandemic, but you had built capacity that now you're able to use to deploy to meet this new challenge. Do I have that right? You're absolutely right. We, we saw this as the future of economic development, and we still do. This has just accelerated it, quite frankly. And I think there are going to be a number of individuals who now uh, are like, we need to find a new way to engage people because we are going to have to think and act differently to address very different challenges than what any of us have ever really faced. This is adaptive problems on steroids, right? There, very few of these have a technical solution. And so how do you arm people? There are plenty of very good tools out there and a ton of very good resources and a lot of brilliant minds. But how do you put everybody on the same playing field and kind of the same page on all of this to ensure that there is connectivity around this work and they can all coalesce together? Uh, 
because if you're all operating separately, doing great and interesting things, but there's no cohesion to it, you, you create a lot of opportunity to maybe miss opportunities or, or veer off of paths. And so to the extent that we can create some guide rails and keep this thing moving, certainly not linear, but with a similar approach, a similar a common vernacular, and a similar way to tackle these problems, I think it's going to allow us uh, to be to move more quickly and work more aligned in our efforts and find those hidden hidden networks, those hidden connectivities, and those uncover those hidden assets and and really create some cool innovations along the way. And it's going to give. And as we we frame this conversation today. Most, if not all, of the best ideas tend to come from very close to the, the problems, the front lines where people are doing it day to day. But when you can bring the, the assets and the resources that tend to lie at the top and meet those in the middle, you're creating a lot of opportunity. And we feel like that's what this methodology is going to allow us to do. Uh, very similar to what you guys have done in your work and say, how do we take this hierarchy and lay it flat? so that we can get to an operating system that allows that front line to have the resources they need to go do really cool and interesting things. That's really what we're trying to do and we see as an opportunity here. But it's taken us a couple years to get here and we certainly didn't think we were ever gonna be put in this situation, but we feel fortunate that we have, have this network of practitioners have this, this level of trust and opportunity, quite frankly, in the position we're in as economic developers to be able to, to convene these groups and help guide these conversations. That's great. I'm curious. I mean, I can, I can hear in your voice sort of that, um, that orientation to seeing the opportunities, although I'm sure there are moments when you just kind of look at the challenge, you think, oh my goodness, you know, but I can kind of hear that from you. Yeah. And I'm wondering if you uh, feel like you're hearing that because I'm sure you've also been in that community through other big challenges? Maybe not yeah. as big. Uh, but I'm wondering, do you hear that same kind of, uh, you know, where are the opportunities mindset at least starting to kind of take root a little bit there? I think so. I think that interestingly enough, we are a region that it, that uh, kind of crisis is, we're not foreign to. The, the floods of 2008 were, were a national uh, thing. We've had smaller iterations of those in 12 and even 16. But this is a region of the country. It's the heartland. It's the Midwest. Uh, they, we pride ourselves on community. We pride ourselves on resiliency and, and kind of helping out our neighbors and, and, and picking up where when, when others are down. So there's that element exists here and we've seen it in action before. I think that what what I've come to find or come to see and realize in this is that there is opportunity here. There's a lot of fear. And so part of our messaging is, is how do we translate that fear into love and say, Hey, this is, I know we're scared, but, but we're in this together. And, and that's really kind of uh, all of our economic development organizations at our local level quickly aligned and said, we are in this together and put together a, a unified front and a unified message to all of our constituents across our business community and our community at large. We organized weekly calls with our community leaders really to get out front, be as transparent and as engaging as possible, all in a way to, to inform, 
but also build that trust, knowing that there is opportunity here should we choose to take advantage of it. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the lab and how we help organizations address complex challenges, visit our website at agilestrategylab.org. You can also email us through the website. Just look for the Contact Us button. Learn more about strategic doing, including opportunities to learn how to use it yourself, at strategicdoing.net. See you next time.